Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. My name's Andy, I'm sitting uh, next to Jenny. Hello. And 111 miles to our southwest is Megan. Hello. Hello, Megan. Is that the right mileage? 116 miles to our southwest is Megan. <laughs> Hello again, I moved. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's, let's talk all about it. It's, uh, it's, Uh, well, I mean, we don't have anything super exciting on our end, but we do start every episode with our elite beat pop of the week. And I assume Megan prepped. So, uh, she, she looks very prepped over there. She's got her, she's got a very, I, I, yes, I'm very excited to hear what Megan's got. Oh, don't be. (laughs) had my cousin's over last night and I indulged a little bit too much. So I am going to be opening a diet Dr. Pepper. I uh, pumped the brakes hours before you did last night. So I feel fine, but (laughs) I also am largely sober on Sundays now. So I have a diet Coke. Right. Sober Sunday. Good cracks guys. Good cracks. All right, Megan, what do you got? Um, well, I have a pop, but I am also doing Sober Sunday because I've got kind of stuff to do. <laughs> so I've got the uh, Shirley non-alcoholic brew. Yeah. <laughs> White sparkling. <laughs> Here we go. Ooh. Man. Nice. That was a healthy pop. You were like, looked like you were really fighting for that one, even with the champagne tool. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why, but these Shirley bottles, like, they really, they're really closed. (laughs) That makes sense. What what do you have to do today, Megan? Um, I have to prepare my house because I have a virtual um, visit from a dog rescue that's actually in Columbus, probably very close to where you guys are. And they have to approve me uh, as a dog adopter. So I have to, you know, show that... uh, them that I'm not like a total monster and um, that my house is suitable for an animal to live in it, <laughs> which seems like a low bar, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, an animal already does live in it, so it's you've already proved it. <laughs> yeah, true. That's that's a po- should be a point in my favor. I hope is a point in my favor. But yeah, I uh, I thought it would be bad form to show up a little toasty. Um, yes. Probably because so. yeah, I would continue drinking the champagne. I wouldn't get through a whole bottle on the recording, but I would continue drinking it and then. Mm, wouldn't be great. So I'm going non-alcoholic, but I am getting some bubbles. That's important. Nice. That's uh, very responsible of you. And you're going to make a lovely dog owner. So I know that they're going to pick you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. As so one of my references, that really helps to hear. So what time is that that you have that today? Oh, it's not till like um, 7. But like oh, I have oh, to. Oh, that's, wow, late. that's late. Late on a Sunday. Hey, I'm logging into Zoom. I'm showing them my house. Eh. I'm fine with it. <laughs> are you guys gonna are you gonna cook an early dinner then? Oh yeah, probably gonna have to knock that out of the park. Um, because yeah, our normal dinner dinner time at this house is like seven o'clock because yeah. we are bad at timing. Um, so definitely gonna have to push that forward a little bit. Which hopefully, since it's a Sunday, have a little more leeway than on weekdays when my sister, who I live with, works late compared to me. Well, good luck, Megan, and uh, cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Um, let's let's run through these Rampage results for the last two weeks uh, because 
Um, unfortunately, I just I've just been not on my game lately and haven't haven't had a chance to watch these rampages. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to to you know start catching those again. But uh, um, anyway, so we're talking about the the March 25th, 2022 rampage. Uh, from Austin, Texas, and uh, Dustin Rhodes versus Lance Archer was the opening match. And I remember reading about this when it happened last Friday and uh, was shocked to find that Dustin beat Lance Archer. Yeah. Seems weird, other than the fact that he's in his hometown. I I don't know why they did that. Right. And then then Archer, like, beat the shit out of him after the match. Yep. So it does call into question what the point of it was. Yes, yes. And there was definitely a moment, one of Jen- Jenny's favorites, where uh, Dustin got knocked down. He was close to the ringside, on the, close to the apron. And, uh, you know, he, he did that thing where his head went under a little. And then when he came back up, oh, he's busted open. I was like, tele- <laughs> that's telegraphed so hard. Now, like, you can tell. So, yeah, it was confusing. Uh, let's see. Then uh, Jay Lethal was was bummed out about his rankings after uh, losing to Adam Cole, and he's uh, he's got to find a better way. Apparently, apparently Just that's what he said over and over again. <laughs> got to be a better way. <laughs> Did he say that a lot? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And also, I don't know if you're the the recap you're reading. Um, Lexi Nair is back. I did hear somebody did tell me that or like I, I heard that on the podcast and I was I was shocked when I heard those na- that those two names uh, together. Yeah, yeah, she's um, she's getting better, but she's, okay. she's like the talking aspect. I think she's better at that, but she doesn't look at them like the people she's interviewing. So they're still kind of an awkward like I'm reading the teleprompter. And then sometimes I feel like she she was like holding the microphone out, but staring at the camera. So I don't know. She, she's not quite synced up in that way. But I was like, I didn't realize you were still with the company. I didn't either. I guess we stopped watching um, Dark. Oh, that's probably where she's getting her reps in. Yeah, you're right. I have no idea. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't until this past week when I heard that on the podcast, I had not heard her name in it like over a year, probably. Yeah, me neither. Apparently she and uh, she and big cast of uh, Enzo and cast fame are, uh, are a couple. Two really tall blonde people. OK, that's Makes true. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a Fuego del Sol promo. And he wants uh, to fight the House of Black again after, mm-hmm. you know, getting beat so hard by them the week before. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they show up <laughs> and and destroy him. Yeah. So uh, Dark Order comes out and uh, I believe that might lead to a match on the rampage that was just two days ago. But It did. Yes. OK. Uh, after that, we get. The men of the year uh, announced that the TNT titles are no longer up for grabs at open challenges. Uh, you have to you have to earn your title shots mm. now. Hmm. And well, Scorpio is pissed because he was undefeated for like a year, and it took him that long to get a title shot. So he's not about like letting these just people off the streets get to get title shots now. Okay, uh, that's understandable. <clears throat> yeah, at least he justified it. Yeah, you can't just walk through the door and be like, "It's my turn." And I'm I'm all about like especially with this title, it, it's I think it's fine to have different kinds of champions or similar who are like I want to fight all comers and others who are like I'm a heel I want to I only really want to defend this every contracted thirty days. Yeah, I have this belt. I want to keep this belt. 
with yes. as minimal of effort required. Uh, we got Alan Angels and 10 versus Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, Red Dragon wins this one. I, I figure probably without without too much trouble. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, 10's the big monster in there. But God love him. He's still he's still coming along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jurassic Express uh, makes the save after the match because Red Dragon was trying to get in some extracurricular activities. But, uh, but to no avail. And then Adam Cole steals the tag team titles from them. So now he's stolen all the belts. Or, or the, the undisputed yeah. elite has stolen all the belts. Yeah. I, they're really committed to this idea that, that that means they just they're theirs now. It's like yeah. like they've totally just blocked out of their mind how these titles actually work. Uh, next up we get a smash em with Nyla Rose against Maddie Renkowski. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nyla is named Chris Jericho's inaugural AEW Rampage Sports Entertainer of the Week. Mm-hmm. Which is really exciting for her. <laughs> and uh, she hits the the native bomb in 25 seconds for the win. Yeah, poor Maddie. I feel like we've seen her before, and maybe <clears throat> she had more opportunity to do stuff. But this match, oof. that name sounds familiar. She's a Thunder Rosa trainee, so I'm sure we she's um, been somewhere. That makes sense since they're in Texas. Yeah. Um. Let's see. QT Marshall. Uh. Wants to present Hook with a certificate of accomplishment, basically to put his stamp on on uh, on Hook's success. Yep. And uh, Hook is not having it, so he smashes Aaron Solo with it. And then Danhausen comes out and attempts to curse Hook, but the curse does not work on Hook because Hook is too cool. Hmm. It's true. If if you watch, if you. Don't go back and watch anything else but this. It'd be worth your time because I've seen, I've seen the gif of this happening. It's it's so yes. Danhausen does the curse. Hook does his hook thing where he just stares at him and then walks past him. And Danhausen literally goes, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> he like <laughs> on camera, just like, uh, and he looks so put out. But also just the concept that like you would call this boy Hook to the ring to give him a certificate of achievement <laughs> that you've created. The fact he rolled out of bed to show up for this one, I was like, Hook, what are you he doing wants, here? <laughs> he wants to be able to put Hook's name on his list of, you know, like, oh, this is my guy. <laughs> yeah, sure. But he, he should have seen what was about to happen to him. Come on. And then uh, main event FTW title, a fake title, mm-hmm. uh, defended, though, here in the main event of Rampage is Ricky Starks defends against Swerve Strickland. And uh, Starks wins... After Hobbs wipes out Swerve on the floor mm-hmm. and throws him back in to get hit with the Rochambeau, I'm guessing this was pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I figured there had to be some cheating coming, though, because I just Ricky Starks clutches that belt like it's his baby. He's not right. going to give it up. So You're not going to beat Swerve clean this early. No, no. Yeah. So it was good. Um, Swerve is very like just like the kind of flippy dude I like. Like he's very athletically talented in that way, and yeah. man, he's really cool. Got a lot of charisma too. Yeah, the ha- it's always his house, no matter what house they're in. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um. So then after the match, uh, Keith Lee 
uh, comes out and the, he teams up with Swerve and they fight off Team Taz to end the show. Yep. Yep. They've got a loose alliance. I've actually come to, th- it's interesting, like, because now I'm, I'm thinking about the results of this past Friday's Rampage. It seems like they've kind of created a thing where, in a lot of ways, Rampage, one Rampage builds to the next Rampage. You know, and like you kind of like have an intermediary dynamite that doesn't really touch on some of these issues. Like the team, you know, like the the Keith Lee Team Taz thing. It seems like that's a rampage program. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of building their own universe, which I'm totally fine with because you they're still sticking like one or two m- matches on Rampage that result from Dynamite. But yeah. if you've got a continuing story arc, I'm not against that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. Okay, we will talk about the other. Uh, Rampage here in a bit after Megan's Dynamite recap, but we got we got some like we got some news to get into. We got this Ring of Honor show to talk about. Um, so Ring of Honor promoted by Tony Khan, the first his first show, um, a show that he did not want to run, but it was kind of like it was already announced when he bought the company, and he just felt like, well, there's tickets have been sold, like let's I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. But I, I do not think that I don't think he wanted to run this show basically. Um, so, uh, it was Friday night. It was, in fact, it was partially head to head with Rampage. Yeah. Which I think he extra double didn't want to run, <laughs> didn't want to run the show. Um. I wonder who produced Rampage. Oh, it's pre-recorded. Yeah, it's pre-recorded. <laughs> yeah. It is pre-recorded. Um. They they do it live just enough so I forget that fact. <laughs> uh, yeah, I never really realize what which ones are live and which ones aren't. If I'm being honest. Okay, so I will just talk about the kind of the AEW adjacent stuff that happened on this show. Um, there was a, there was a pre-show where Tully Blanchard said he was going to, he had like this mystery team that he was going to manage and they were going to be part of, uh, Tully Blanchard enterprises. And, um, Oh shoot. I need to find the name of this team. I feel bad now. So is this why he was fired by FTR with like no notice? Yeah. Hastily. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess that, um, I know you're still finding the names, but I'm assuming it's people who could probably use his, his, bump a little more than FTR who are, you know, pretty over and don't need the extra help anymore. Yes. It's, it's two wrestlers named Khan and Toa Leona known as the, the gates of agony uh, as his new tag team. So they're giving him like a team with no name to hopefully, you know, build up. And this is probably good because honestly, FTR didn't need anybody to talk to the, for them in the first place. And he barely ever spoke you know, for them anyway. And yeah. maybe these maybe these guys could use it more. But anyway, so that all that to say, then on the uh the main show, uh let's see. We had oh for, well first of all, Swerve Strickland wrestled the opener against a man named Alex Zane and uh Swerve won. Nice. Uh, then then the next match was Ninja Mac against uh, a mystery member of Tully Blanchard Enterprises. So Blanchard had already been on the show in the pre-show with his two tag team. Then Brian Cage comes out as 
as Tully's new client. Mm, and we know, we know that Brian Cage needs someone to talk for him. So, yes. so that's, that's probably a good fit. And uh, Brian Cage destroyed Ninja Mac very quickly. And it looks Ninja like Ninja Mac a, a small man. I think so. I think he's a small flippy guy. Okay. Yeah. And he is, uh, yeah, it's Brian Cage and this Gates of Agony tag team are now the uh, Tully Blanchard Enterprises. Um, so we'll see there. Now, do you think that's going to come to Dynamite? Or do you think that's just going to stay in Ring of Honor? It probably just depends on what he's going to do with Ring of Honor. It de- I think it depends. I think a lot of it depends on, like, if he's able to get a TV deal mm. and, like, what kind, you know, a lot, like a lot of that stuff. Um Next up, we had Jay Lethal versus Lee Moriarty. So two uh, two AEW guys there. Mm-hmm. And this continued Lethal's storyline from, uh, from I'm sorry, from, uh, what am I trying to say? From Rampage, the Rampage we just talked about, where he's questioning himself and he's doubting himself. And he, he finally gave in to uh, his you know, his baser instincts and he, he used the opportunity uh, and kicked Lee Moriarty in the balls uh, and then hit him with a lethal injection. So he cheated and, uh, and then he also kicked the crutches out from under Matt Seidel and beat him down because Matt Seidel was there at ringside after his knee surgery and managing his buddy Lee. And uh, so, yeah, so we had a full J lethal heel turn here, which honestly is probably better given what we know about him. (laughs) Yep, I'm fine with it. It'll be easier to contextualize him. Um, uh, Following that, uh, interim Ring of Honor women's title because uh, champion Deanna Perazzo was not available because she was uh, wrestling on the Impact show uh, the same night. But uh, we had a woman named Willow Nightingale versus Mercedes Martinez. And Mercedes Martinez got the win. She is the new Ring of Honor interim women's champion. And at some point, the plan is for her to wrestle... Diana Parazzo to unify those titles or just okay. take both titles. Just yeah. Wear one on each arm. Hopefully not that. <laughs> uh, next up we had ring of honor world tag team title match, the Briscoes versus FTR. And this was, um, this was, everyone says this is like match of the year so far, like oh, really? for, for the world. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Apparently the heat was unbelievable. I heard it had like, um, before they even locked up, it had that like shield Wyatt's kind of energy. Love that energy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, FTR got the win. Uh, they had, they had a a show of respect and hugs with the Briscoes afterwards until the young bucks came out and laid out the Briscoes. So the bucks got to be the ones who pulled the, the, uh, the unique feat of being on rampage and the ring of honor supercard on the same night. (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah, so FTR, they, they challenge the bucks for right then. And then Matt says, no, 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 no. we're going to do this next Wednesday on dynamite. And, uh, we would later find out that, uh, the ring of honor world tag team titles will be on the line Wednesday on dynamite during the young bucks versus FTR rematch. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win? I think FTR is going to win this time. Okay. That's That'd what be I good. Do. Yeah. Anyway, but everybody says this whole thing was just like absolutely tremendous. Yeah, that sounds like oof, a lot, a lot of build up and a lot of, a lot of hype and it delivered. Still, that's always good. Yep. 
Uh, next up, we had Rhett Titus defending the Ring of Honor World TV title against Minoru Suzuki of New Japan Pro Wrestling, but also a obviously an AEW affiliate. And uh, Suzuki uh, won the TV title. So, Get him. So far, AEW adjacent guys are just cleaning house on this on this, on this Ring of Honor legacy. Tony Khan, not even <laughs> sort of pretending to be unbiased. <laughs> and it continues in the Ring of Honor pure title match as champion Josh Woods loses the title to Wheeler Yuta, um, <laughs> who after the match, finally on social media got his Wheeler Yuta is all elite graphic because I think he had just been on the like the kind of the per appearance deal before that. Now he's got oh, the up- really? and now he's got the upgraded Aww. contract. Good for you, Yuta. Yes, I hope that he uses the Ring of Honor Pure title as a bargaining chip to get into the Blackpool Combat Club. Is Probably. it? Yeah. I, <laughs> look, I've got this belt that AEW probably doesn't care about. <laughs> what? What is this belt? So it's it's a championship where there are where it has like you're supposed to do like technical scientific wrestling instead of brawling Mm. and it's also like there are you only get a certain number of rope breaks like you get three rope breaks okay so you have to be strategic about when you use your rope breaks so per match you get three okay i just on my mind uh, because i'm the worst just jumped like like pure like oh you're a little wrestling virgin I'm the worst. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. That's where my mind went. I grew up Catholic. Don't bother me. <laughs> Wasn't great. Uh, then the main event, uh, undisputed Ring of Honor world title. We had it, Jonathan Gresham, who is rumored to have signed some kind of a deal with Tony Khan, uh, whether it be for AEW Ring of Honor. He has a contract, apparently. Versus Bandito. Uh, and Bandito was managed by Chavo Guerrero Jr., um, who obviously had been with Andrade for a while there. Um, why did he leave again? Did he have other TV commitments? Is that why he had to stop? Yeah, he was, he's like the wrestling uh, choreographer for Young Rock. Oh, okay. So I'm assuming we don't know what's going to happen with Ring of Honor, but this was obviously not a big commitment. Like, a one-time thing, probably. Well, I think the Rung Yak... Young, Rung Yak. I think the Young <laughs> Rock season is over, and actually there had been some uh, controversy with uh chavo because he went on a it was it was it was after the it was it was like right around the last pay-per-view um at the beginning of march he did some interview and he said like tony khan like hasn't i haven't talked to tony khan in months like like he just he ghosted me which is something that we've been hearing lately from like joey janela and marco stunt that i don't know they need they need like they yeah, need, I mean, like, a human resources department in this company. It doesn't, he doesn't have the capacity at this point with everything he's got going to be the key contact. Like, right, but, like, he shouldn't be shouldn't, in that. No, no, he shouldn't be. But, like, shouldn't this – maybe I don't understand what talent relations job is, but shouldn't this, this Christopher be, Daniels thing? Yeah, exactly. Shouldn't Christopher mm-hmm. Daniels be making these phone calls? Yes. Oh, for sure. I mean, I fully understand – on the wrestler side, why they feel a bit miffed and ghosted because, you know, you started out a small little family and now things have kind of blown up and yeah, you're not going to be texting the CEO on a daily basis, unfortunately for you. Um, but for sure, somebody else should have stepped in and been like the contact point yeah, like, of course. for them even, to deal with this stuff. Yeah. Even if it's just to say like, Hey, you know, listen, thank you. But 
we're not, you know, we're not going to pick up, we're not going to renew your contract and, you know, good luck. You so know. those people never even got like a phone call or an email or a text? So so they, they eventually did. Like Marco okay. Stunt got his call, I believe, last week is what Fightful p- reported. Um, but when did his contract run out? At the end of the year? No, his contract's up in May. Oh, okay, okay. So they didn't, they haven't, they, so far, as far as I know, they have not let anyone's contract just expire and not talk to them. But, Good. but it is like, it is, I think some people are concerned because it's like, well, it's March. My deal's up in May because should I signed I be at the beginning of this company three years ago. And should I, should yeah. I start lining up bookings, you know? Um, so, yeah. Which, uh, and to be fair, like, that is frustrating and bad, but, like, you also probably should reach out to somebody to start, you know, if if you're concerned, you also are empowered to probably get in touch with somebody not Tony Khan. Like, he's not yeah. your only option. Um, yeah, wow. call Christopher Daniels. Say, hey, man, what's up? Yeah. Hey, yeah. just curious, Um, this contract thing? <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to swear to this because I don't know for sure, but, like, my the way I understand the reporting it sounds like Marco's stunt was not offered anything to continue. It sounds like Joey Janela was offered like a per appearance kind of thing. And he, and he opted to decline that. Oh yeah. Well, he's got his, I mean, he's going back full. He's going full indie again. So yeah, he had a whole, whole setup there that seemed to be working for him, you know, other than the pandemic hitting. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he just, they just did like, you know, those two nights of Joey Janela spring break. Yeah. Like they do. Oh, did he get to do his white claw? match i don't know i don't know he wrestled he wrestled he wrestled x-pac on night one which was supposed to be pretty good oh that seems like it probably would be a whole messy affair no. uh anyway so then the main event uh we had jonathan gresham versus bandito uh gresham gets the win um supposedly a real heck of a match um and uh he's doing his like big victory promo afterwards jay lethal interrupts him and says he wants to be the first to challenge him. Uh, Sanjay Dutt, who is like kind of a lethal, always been a lethal associate, and he works as a producer in AEW now. Um, he came out uh, to try to like stop Jay from doing anything bad, but then he turned and joined Jay Lethal, and they beat down Gresham. Uh, Lee Moriarty tried to make a save, and he got beaten down too. And then Samoa Joe um, <laughs> comes stomping out and chokes out uh, Sanjay Dutt. To uh to close out the show, and uh, after the fact, we did get a Samoa Joe is all elite graphic uh, from from the AEW Twitter account, nice. and uh, on the show, like after the cameras went off the air, Joe cut a promo in the building and said that um, he would be speaking on Dynamite on Wednesday. Nice. Okay, that's very exciting. Yeah, so uh, like really a very eventful Ring of Honor show, and but then you know Tony Khan did the kind of the post-show press thing afterwards, and didn't really have a lot more information about what's next. Which well, he's probably still trying to figure out the TV deal. Yes, would probably be his first priority. Yeah, and if he wouldn't have been able to start that work really. Until a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, announced. and Because it sounded like it wasn't a sure thing, you know. And also, from an NDA perspective, you probably wasn't able to talk about it with other people, you know. No, yeah, for sure. Um, So, yeah, so... So, we don't really know what's going on there. He did say that the... They were shocked by the... um, Like, the buys on Fight TV. Like, how high high the number was. So, Mm -hmm. so that's good, at least. Yeah. 
Do you think people were just curious? Yeah. About like I, what he was going to do with it? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I like obviously I didn't end up buying the show, but um, I never would have even thought about buying the show if it, if that if this hadn't happened. Yeah. Just because I was so kind of like tuned out of Ring of Honor for the West. Well, since since all those guys jumped to <laughs> jumped to AEW. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like you can't enjoy a show that you don't know who anyone is, but it's a lot easier of a sell to be like, oh, now there's going to be people who I recognize on on the the show yeah. doing things. Yeah, totally. So yeah, so uh, yeah, Wheeler Yuta and Samojo both all elite. Those are the big kind of roster headlines coming out of that show, and FTR versus Young Bucks. Um, oh, apparently it's for the uh, it's it's for both sets of tag titles, which are the Triple A and ROH tag team titles. Oh, FTR, putting them all out there, huh? Yeah. Um, well, then I definitely think FTR is going to win. I, yeah, I think so. I think so. Although, can you imagine how obnoxious Nick Jackson would be if he had a Triple A title? Like, it just I can just heal Nick Jackson with that title. Yeah, that's right. Because last time they had them, I think they were baby faces, so he didn't really get to didn't really get to play it up. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that takes us to WrestleMania. Uh, <laughs> WrestleMania Night One yesterday, God. and uh, it was about I don't know about two hours into the show, Seth Rollins had this big entrance. Jenny couldn't believe what he was wearing. What is happening to him? <laughs> is he still Apparently. is he not dressing like a superhero any like a no, Wolverine? dressed he had a muppet cape on like it looked like the fur of a muppet oh god and it was giant and bright blue and then he had lace lace black lace see-through like big baggy shirt and lace leggings he looked insane (laughs) (laughs) that um that's definitely not the Seth Rollins uh, I'm used to seeing. And he has this big beard, but he has shaved the bottom part of his hair. So his beard doesn't connect to his hair. So there's about a three inch gap between his beard and his hair. Uh, oh, gosh. That sounds wild. Um. <laughs> I don't. Okay, it, it's almost like he's like a weird Jeff Hardy knockoff, but I don't. Oh, that's that's interesting. Okay, okay, okay. All right, Seth. So did Seth? Um, regardless of how he looked. Oh, hold on, I'm getting a picture here. Oh my goodness, is he like a raver boy? What is his deal? His, so they kept calling him the Messiah. No, and, no, 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 okay. no, no. They kept calling him the Messiah. So I think the Messiah is his nickname. And I thought, I thought going in that his nickname was Freakin because I had heard people refer to him as Seth Freakin Rollins, and I thought like, oh, that must be his nickname because I don't watch the show anymore. Right. But no, that that's like apparently his that's his name now, Seth Freakin Rollins. It's like. The announcers say the whole thing every time. It's like not. It's like not like as I asked Justin about this, and uh, and he said, um, "Yes, it's not even in quotes. It's his middle name." 
Oh, gosh. Legally changed. Seth freaking yeah. wrong. Wow. I I remember vaguely a t-shirt at one time where it was like Seth effing Rollins. So mm-hmm. they've really run, ran with that, huh? Like, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So is he like a a cult leader now? No, he was a cult leader. Um, <laughs> he got out. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Justin, <laughs> Justin also told me that he is uh, the drip god. What? This character is a crazy guy and... Whoa, oh, oh. I don't really know what Justin meant by that, but... <laughs> anyway, I could not... Based on this entrance in this match, I could not figure out what his character is, but uh, that's okay. I'm probably never going to... I'm probably not going to see him again for another year anyway. <laughs> it, so. uh, in no way made me want to understand what his character <laughs> was or what he was trying to do. Point is... Uh, he, so he comes down to the ring. He has, he has a mystery opponent and he keeps, he keeps yelling, uh, up to the ramp, uh, who you got for me, Vin man or something. Cause Vince, Vince hand selected a mystery opponent for him and the lights go out and suddenly we hear that, uh, I don't know if you knew this, Megan, but wrestling has more than one Royal family. Uh, and the fucking downstate theme plays which i guess Does means he, Tony own he owns it? it i guess so yeah i didn't know that so so i was but i was happy to hear it because they're like oh, okay cool and they had they had a fucking cody vader in the middle of the, <laughs> the middle of the ramp so he got his he got his uh his entrance and uh like there were so many fireworks for his entrance yes, a lot like, of pyro i i am like i am AEW ride or die but i have to admit when you see wrestlemania and it's just like it's like yeah. oh shit i can they see how somebody could be all that had- money the pyro in um coming out of the four corners of the ring and i think and it went off really high and seth like jumped back (laughs) like i thought it was like a legit reaction of like oh shit they didn't let him know that was gonna happen he was like (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah so so cody do you remember the last time aw tried pyro it was like just a disaster you're talking about the the the, um the barbed wire match yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but anyway Hey, you know, maybe maybe with the new TV deal, they can get some they can get some better pyro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so this was it was a really really impressive entrance, and he got a superstar reaction. Um, people were really happy to see him. Everybody knew it was him, obviously. Like that, it was it was one of those. It was kind of like the CM Punk debut, where they all but told you what was what was happening, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which is an interesting promotional <laughs> tactic, but I think it's I think it actually works now. They were trying to like get a Cody chant together but it was like before he appeared but it was not quite working and then i thought maybe they like maybe music some of it in the maybe, sound guys like, took over it's they were trying the I, crowd you could hear was trying but they couldn't get it together so you couldn't yeah i think in a stadium it's hard because there were there were legitimately like seventy thousand people in the building last night and you know all trying to make sure you're at the same part of the two syllable chant is, is probably pretty difficult <laughs> Yeah, because then you get in your head about it, too, of, like, uh, start, oh, and then you just can never jump in there. That's, <laughs> I mean, I guess, like you said, we expected it. We we pretty much knew it was happening, but that's, it's, I, I'm happy for him. I, I am. I think. He looked happy. Um, as, lo- I, as long as he enjoys it, great. Um, I still just, you know, I'm, I'm not him. I don't know what the stakes are, but it seems like, uh. I wouldn't want to work for Vince McMahon is what I've gleaned from all the wrestlers who talk about working for Vince McMahon. <laughs> I, 
I think he looked happy. He likes that the crowd is cheering for him. So I think he'll probably be happy for a couple months. And then, you know. We'll see. Well, yeah, because, like, they probably aren't going to handle his character well. I'm sure they'll try. I'm sure they'll think that they're handling his character well. But it probably won't go that well. And then he'll start getting, like, lackluster reactions. reactions, And then he'll be sad again. I could... I could see this going one of two ways and I th- I'm going to use SummerSlam as the, as the like kind of the, the measuring stick for this because that's, that's like five months away. Um, so I think he's either going to be in the main event of SummerSlam or he's going to be like second match on the card. And I think at that point we'll know whether he made the right choice or not. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's so, so easy. Um, and even in AEW too, to bring somebody in and get that high, like, off the fan, like, the big reaction, because there's, there, you know, there's a lot of anticipation, but then, like, so fickle are people at times, <laughs> where you could get that huge reaction, and then it's like, yeah, but there's something more interesting going on over here, and, uh, you know, you're not really doing, it's not going to be the first time you show up every single night, you know? Right. And... Cody seems like he doesn't handle that sort of um, drop in attention well. <laughs> Just well, and and WWE's creative is so bad that that's like yeah. another thing that wrestlers have to overcome to stay fresh in, in the eyes of the crowd. You know. Yeah, and Vince gets bored with things overly mm. quickly too. Um, so just the combo of all that, and I don't know Cody's level of control over what he gets to do, but it. I'm assuming that it still starts and ends with Vince's choices and I don't know I hope I hope he's happy and he enjoys himself but what a risk to take when you're a VP of a company that you helped start yeah yeah I mean um so he gave he gave like well first of all he he, they had the match um it was a very good match I thought um yeah uh Cody got the win after uh after three uh crossroads uh, he did all his stuff. He did the Cody cutter. He did uh, he he uh, did his um like the thing where he pretends he's going for a pedigree, but then does something different. <laughs> he did uh, something that his dad used to do. I remember them calling that out. Oh, the the jabs and the the elbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and he got the win. So, and uh, I don't know. He looked really happy, and the crowd went nuts for his victory. And uh, and Seth gave him a look on the ramp, so I assume that this is probably going to continue between those two. Um, but Messiah anyway, yeah, can't so... just take a loss and move on with yeah. his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, uh, so he gave this interview to Variety, and I don't know exactly when. Um, I don't know exactly when the interview took place, but it was like it published, like basically, right. <laughs> right after he appeared on screen for the first mm-hmm. time. So obviously they had, that was like the, that was the deadline. <laughs> like, you know, um, Somebody's sitting at their computer, like hovering above the, the enter key, like, come on, Cody. Uh, oh, there, here we go. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. Um, and he had, let me, I saw a quote uh, that was interesting about, just about his like relationship with, uh, with Vince McMahon. The man. Yeah. And uh, it was basically like, 
uh, I can't find the exact quote, so I'll just I'll just I'll just try to uh, summarize it. He said that he was a little nervous about like kind of coming back to the company because he, you know, he was so unhappy there and he has said a lot of things <laughs> over the years. And he was he was kind of worried about like what his relationship with Vince would be like. And he said that when he met with Vince, because so Vince and Bruce Pritchard came down to like see him to like to, to like basically pitch to him directly. They like flew down to his house. Um, take a note, Tony Khan. And uh, and he said that Vince basically was just like, you went out and did it. And uh, so he thinks so he thinks basically that he by doing what he did, he actually like ended up earning Vince's respect a lot more than hmm. he would have otherwise because he went out and did his own thing and was successful with it. Yeah, I, I guess so. And then he came home. And then he came home. And sometimes that's what you do. Sometimes. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So I don't know. I uh, Megan, I would say you know it's on Peacock. I would, I would, I would recommend watching at least the entrance because it, it, it's pretty. It's, it's it's really something to see him get that reaction in that big a building. Yeah, I mean, I'd be willing to watch that and the match. Honestly, I just don't yeah. think I was going to commit to watching two nights of WrestleMania. No, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> now, did he say in the Variety article, like, if it might not have been about this, but like, is he going to get some creative? Like, is it a dual role, kind of like his old position? Uh, no. Um, he said that. Uh, so he put out a press release himself uh, said he, he, it was a, it was a multi-year contract. He said it wasn't a part-time thing. It was full-time. And he said he was, um, he's going to be an executive producer for an upcoming um, A&E biography on Dusty Rhodes. So I think that was a big deal for him too. Yeah, that's pretty big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all we know is multi-year. I would assume three year. That's that's just what I would guess based on history. But uh, the the thought again, I'm not him, but the thought of leaving the company you started to commit to three years to a company you left pretty bitter. Yeah, it's uh, it's an intense bargain to make. But he it also is. probably got so much money. Hope so. I hope so. So anyway, so yeah, so that was the. I mean, the other thing on WrestleMania that was interesting, I thought, was just, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens did have a match in the main event, and that was pretty crazy. Uh, so. Wow. Yeah. What's how, fine? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to ask, how does how does Steve Austin look these days in the ring? You know, old, but, like, he did, he did, like, I think he kind of, like, warmed up as the match went on, and he got more, it was like, it felt like he got his timing back as they were getting more into it. Because he has not he has not wrestled in nineteen years. Oh wow! Yeah. And his neck, yeah. Yeah, he took a Gentle. suplex on the floor. He took a vertical oh. suplex onto the floor. Yeah. Steve That's... Austin. Hmm. I thought he was dead, but he was fine. <laughs> Steve Austin. Oh gosh. Anyway, Jenny, I'm sorry. What were you gonna ask? I was just gonna ask. Um, what does a full time WWE schedule look like now? Because before it was six days on the road driving yourself around yeah or on flight yeah so but i think that they've 
changed that business model a little bit, right? With the house shows, or are they back to doing all those house shows again? No, they're still they 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 did not ever they have not ever ramped back up to the full schedule they used to be on. Um, let me just use Seth Rollins as a as an example because we're kind of talking about Seth Rollins. I'm just trying to look at what he's been doing. Um, he wrestled. Looks like. It looks like it looks like his schedule is about raw and two house shows a week. So okay. three shows a week. So it's a little bit less than they used to do. Okay, but more than AEW. But way more than AEW, yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking of for like from a Cody happiness perspective, he's got a brand new Oh, they did that's another thing he did yeah. say in one of those interviews. It wasn't in the press release, but um they they lease they're leasing him a uh, a bus. Okay. So he can travel with with uh, Brandy and Liberty. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> a that reminds me of when Daniel Bryan, <laughs> that's what he was called at the time, and Bree rented a bus, and then there were all kinds of rules about pooping on the bus. You're not allowed to, and it was a whole thing. Uh, hope Cody's bus is more fun and less complicated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the kind of that's the. I, I don't I don't know that we'll talk too much more about Cody on this show going forward, but I I did think it was we should talk about it at least today with a big debut. Yeah. Good luck to him. <clears throat> yeah, hope, farewell, hope Cody. Hope it all goes well. <laughs> <laughs> the the announcer uh, Corey Graves did um, invoke the term the Cody verse at one point during the <laughs> during the commentary. Oh gosh. <laughs> so so we'll see. Okay, Megan, uh, let's let's do some dynamite. Dynamite. All right. We're in the Colonial Life Arena in Columbia, South Carolina. Hell for those yeah. curious. Uh, yeah, we open the show with a, a fun light match, I think, is how I would classify it, uh, between CM Punk and Max Caster. Punk seems pretty highly amused by Caster's rap, which, of course, drops references to Will Smith's Smack at the Oscars and Punk's magic favorite cure-all, Z-Packs. He's had a yep. great history with those. <laughs> um, despite some interference from Anthony Bowens uh, midway through the match and having a tough time getting that thick boy Max Caster up for a pile driver near the end, um, oh, yeah. Punk gets the win by tapping Caster out with the Anaconda Vice. I mean, he also referenced him shitting his pants. Yeah, that was the Z-Pack oh, Okay, okay. Yeah. Which, um. ugh. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't have like, I don't have a lot of memories of this match specifically. Uh, but it's it seemed fine, and it was just like I don't know. It seems like they're having Punk out there a lot right now, and I think it's just because he does need to be in a position where he's ranked for, you know, for Hangman coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't like a bad match, despite you not being able to remember it. It was just kind of like. <laughs> This is a dynamite opener. Like you, you have yep. fun. You come away from it feeling pretty good, and then you go on to other things. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, good times. Um, after that, the next thing is Alex Marvez attempting to interview MJF backstage, but Mark Sterling interrupts the whole thing, kind of not on purpose, by moving through the background, posting a printed out security alert warning everyone. Backstage about he who shall not be named. Wordlow. 
And uh, <laughs> so everybody kind of pauses and watches him as he does that. And then after he moves on, MJF lets Alex Marvez know that the pinnacle is going to start getting some wins now that that big stupid idiot is out of their group. Um, the first one is going to be tonight when FTR faces off against Billy's sons. And then on Rampage, Sean Spears is going to take down Sean Dean. Maybe not on Rampage because that didn't happen. I may have gotten that wrong. The undetermined uh, <laughs> date later. Yes. Sean, the chair pervert is going to take on the awesome Captain Sean Dean and probably... <sighs> Just, like waste him again um but yeah so ftr are with uh mjf here and they're kind of like hesitant about this whole wardlow hate campaign because they like wardlow they're currently still friends with wardlow and they don't really want to get involved in whatever drama is going on between he and mjf um mjf ever the classy guy steps up and says like don't worry guys you say you like wardlow but he was always talking shit behind your back so (laughs) you know just fyi and then mjf is like so we're a team everybody put your hands in and the ftr boys do it but they look like they have some reservations about it so yeah they're uh yeah, I don't know. Everybody's everybody's like uh, they're on their own journey here in the Pinnacle right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm guessing that by being fired by FTR, Tully isn't even part of it anymore, so he's out. Mm-hmm. More of those out. God, we didn't, get, we didn't get to see. We didn't get to see even see Sean Spears react to his beloved manager, whose face he once wore on his underpants, uh, <laughs> being fired. Oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> that was so. Awkward. I forgot about that. Did I just say penis? Oh, <laughs> 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 <sighs> 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 yeah, the pinnacle. Uh, MJF, he joins groups and then he destroys them. So yeah. they should have known better. Another man who should have known better is Jay Lethal. And he decided to take on John Moxley. Uh, Moxley gets the better of him. It takes longer than I would like personally, but... He gets him with that paradigm shift as he is wont to do, and Jay Lethal is defeated. Jay Lethal's so annoying. He's like, I I dislike him because I believe that he did the things that he's accused of, mm-hmm. but he's such a good wrestler that I enjoy his matches despite myself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I kind of zone out. <laughs> okay, I'm kind of like no. Although when I saw that Moxley, it was him and Moxley. I'm like, yes, he's good beat up moxley's gonna kill him and then it took a while and i'm like moxley you can kill him it's fine i mean he did he did eventually kill him and uh i guess this does this also laid more groundwork for the ring of honor thing on friday with the where he where he did turn heel because he had a chance he had an opportunity here and he held back from it oh yeah yeah they they shook hands at the end like he tried to shake with moxley at the beginning and then at the end moxley was like respect bro um which i mean to put that in perspective, Moxley is a very violent heel, so you probably don't want him shaking your hand out of respect. Like it's you probably don't want his know. seal of approval. He's just like a he's just like a mean guy. Aren't the Blackpool Combat Club guys all? I mean, Daniel Bryan is Brian Danielson. Sorry, is very clearly a heel. Is it? Can you join their group without being a heel? I don't know. Like, like they—they are certainly received by the fans as baby faces. Yeah, but you know, fans love a good anti-hero these days. 
It's hard to be a heel. So tough to be a heel in this world. It's not hard for Nick Jackson. (laughs) Fans still love him, too. Except for Jenny, who now hates him. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Um, Jay Lethal got bitter, went and did something about it. Now he's like a bad, openly bad dude. So there there we go. Uh, Next up, we get a very, very quick video package of all the havoc Marina Shafir has been wreaking in the women's division on Dark and or Dark Elevation. It's a good video package. Yeah, it made her look really, really scary. Um, Her nickname is The Problem. (laughs) (laughs) That seems like there could have been a better nickname that conveyed the same sort of conveyed what they wanted better, but sure. Okay. She's the problem. Um, like, Tony, I, do another, do another pass on that. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Do some editing revise. Come on. Um, I haven't seen Marina Shafir wrestle since NXT and it was a little rough back then, but it has been many years. So I'm assuming she is now worthy of this problem title that she's been given. <laughs> I haven't seen her either. And, and being, put into a like kind of a high profile match against Jade Cargill is not the easiest situation Mm. to find yourself in. Mm. So it'll be interesting if it turns out to be a good match, then I I think we've got to probably give her a lot of credit. Oh yeah. I'm not like, and I say this as a, as a big Jade fan too. Like it's just, but I, I also understand her limitations at this point in her career. Yeah. I'm not like predisposed to hate Marina Shafir. I just, I'm curious how far she's come and what she's been doing in the time since. Cause I literally haven't seen her since NXT when she and Jessamine were running around doing subpar tech teamwork. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So that's, that's what I've got left. But if she shows up and starts kicking ass and looks good doing it, like sure. Not against that. She wrestled, uh, suppose, suppose ugh, apparently she looked really good on the, uh, she was on the Josh Barnett's, uh, blood sport show. Oh, okay. Um, this past weekend, which is, you know, about that promotion, right? Or the, those shows are like kind of like MMA shoot style pro wrestling. Yeah. 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 Moxley and, uh, and, uh, Moxley wrestled, um, oh God, his name's Biff Busick, but, uh, he was Oni Lorcan in, uh, NXT. Oh. Um, apparently it was awesome. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Well, hey, that's, that's kind of cool. Hopefully she turns out to be, much more experienced now and yeah awesome i'll take it yeah we'll get back to her though um i just think if if you're if you hire someone who's who has a background and a strength in a certain area or like or you know is is able to wrestle effectively in a certain way you should just if you're gonna hire them you should probably let them them do that thing that they're good at oh for sure yeah you know (laughs) So maybe it, she'll be really good if they just let her wrestle like like MMA style, you know? Yeah, that I, that could definitely be part of the problem that she had in WWE is having to learn like how to do their whole thing. Um, I mean, Shayna excelled, but Shayna's yeah. Shayna. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did. God, think, I miss Shayna. <laughs> yeah, she's really cool. Yeah. Um, I did also kind of like. Part of me wondered, like, okay, so you're bringing up Marina Shafir, and then you've also brought in Paige Van Zant. So, are we 
focusing more on MMA women for the time being. Like, I, it just seems like timing wise, they brought in two people or brought up Marina and brought in Paige, two people who I assume will have an MMA style. Uh. Right. But then they brought in like another woman who's just like a, a pro wrestler on the show too. It's true. (laughs) Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, For now though, we have another match. We've got FTR versus Billy Sons the gun club um this match was actually pretty fun but the main takeaway yeah yeah, like have we seen the gun club on dynamite in a while like fighting not just in the crowd no the last last like match i remember them having was when they got their title shot at jurassic express which might have been on like a might have been on a rampage even but um yeah i think they've just been like haunting dark and elevation since that since that title shot I think they look good. Like I do too. I I was totally wrong about what was going to happen, uh, <laughs> but but I do. It did make me think that like oh down the line though. Yeah, like yeah. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed Austin Gunn because God knows there is only Austin Gunn, mm-hmm. and that was always a, a jarring time in the pandemic days, like the deep pandemic days. But yeah, that. They had a good match, um, but for me, like the the main takeaway was the story and how we start to see that FDR are pulling away from MJF. Like MJF showed up to be on commentary before the match started, and when his music hit and he walked out, the FTR guys didn't look like they knew this was going to happen and didn't look like totally cool with it either. But whatever, what are they going to do? Um, and then. Near that's the end when of- I thought. That's when I thought my prediction was still going to come true, because I thought like, <laughs> oh yeah, he's it's already. And then he just kept shitting on the Gun Club, and I was like, oh, he's 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 burying them too much. He's not gonna, yeah. he's not going to be with them right now. He can't bring that into his group. He just talked about how <laughs> shitty they were. Yeah. Yep. Um. But yeah, like, uh, but FTR was just like okay. Um. And then near the end of the match. We see War Dog, who has made it into the building, despite Mark Sterling's printed out papers every five feet. <laughs> like, uh, he he makes it in the building. He's moving through the concourse, down the steps, and toward ringside. And as he's going, he's taking out AEW security men left and right, which works well for him as he's going down the steps. But then when he makes it to the ringside, he is overwhelmed by the amount of security people there, and they shuffle him out of sight to the back um ftr got the win after that like that was not enough to distract them they get to do a big rig on austin gun there's only austin gun um and they start to celebrate but then mjf comes down to the ring and he tries to like pat one of them on the shoulder and they like pull away and and then they start to like talk about how wardlow's their friend and he's still their boy and and one of them even says um this match wasn't MJF business this was pinnacle business which made me think like they're not going to fall into the same trap Santana and Ortiz did with the inner Mm -hmm. circle (laughs) which is good good for them keeping it real Um, also FDR were decked out in Attitude Era homage gear Um, yeah it was um, NWO uh, like it was it was supposed to be it's like Scott Hall tribute gear actually okay okay I was like I'm assuming that's something, but the Scott Hall thing, I guess that would 
would have been close. So yeah, they're not happy. MJF doesn't care. After that, we get a quick promo video from um, Powerhouse Hobbs and Keith Lee. I guess <laughs> Rampage belongs to Team Taz, as we've heard time and time again from Ricky Starks and, and Hobbs. And this ongoing issue with Keith Lee just not respecting that, um, just showing up, demanding people bask in his glory. <laughs> they really dislike that. Um, so Powerhouse Hobbs intends to settle things on Friday, maybe beating Keith Lee up. And Keith Lee's like, not concerned, as he shouldn't be, because he's Keith Lee. So, yeah. Um after that, we get to see the Jericho Appreciation Society. They're backstage where they were before. And um they you want me to take a peek? I'll take a peek. <laughs> yes. Big wait, big daddy, daddy magic. magic or no, just, just, yeah, daddy just daddy magic? magic. Okay, <laughs> just daddy magic. Guys, it's I have a penis. What? That, I mean that's what his name's doing. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> if you say so. Daddy Magic Mike. Um, Yeah, they're back by the curtains. And uh, they are morphing more and more into a boy band with each passing day, I think. (laughs) Like, just their outfits are going off the rails. I I don't know. It's funny. But um, Daddy Magic is going to become, like, the biggest star in the entire company inside of, like, the next six months. He has got so much intense energy. Like, weird energy. I'm not against it. I'm just saying if anybody has weird energy, it's daddy magic. <laughs> I think he has the weirdest energy in the company right now. <laughs> Is it because he looks like Matt Jackson? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I I cannot I can't stop smiling when he's on my screen. He is he he amuses me so much. Oh yeah, he's absolutely bananas. Like he his eyes, they're beautiful blue, but he pops them out to like just they're so huge and scary because of his weird energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's out there. He's got like a shiny jacket, no shirt, shiny pants that match. He, he's going full boy band. Um, Jericho, <laughs> amongst all this madness, says that the JS is not accept- accepting any new members. No matter how many pro wrestlers reach out to beg him to join on Twitter, which is very Jericho of him. And then Angelo Parker, cool hand Angelo Parker, sorry, um, suggests like, huh, yeah, guess who's still not here? It's Santana and Ortiz and Kingston. And then he tells Daddy Magic to check one one curtain. He does that. You want, take, and, you want to take a peek? I'll take a peek. Yeah, take a peek. So <laughs> he takes a peek, nothing back there. And then he goes and turns to Hager and is like, hey, why don't you take a peek? And so Hager <laughs> turns to take a peek. And unfortunately for him, um, Eddie, Santana, and Ortiz are all right behind his curtain. And they just start beating the hell out of the JS, making their way out to the ringside as they go. Um, but eventually, because they are three and JS is five, the numbers catch up to them and JS gets things under control and then proceeds to beat the hell out of those guys. And that's how it ends with, with them standing victorious over poor Santana Ortiz and Kingston. Yeah, um, I'd say they need a couple people to even the odds. Oh, really? Well, who, I mean, who do you think they're going to be? Who do you think would be friends with them? I I would think 
perhaps former LAX members Homicide and Hernandez. Oh, shit. That's what I think. Could be wrong, but I don't know. That's, that's who I thought of when I when I watched this. Are those members available? Well, Homicide, remember, did a appearance on, like, when they were in New York. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Hernandez is up to, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't see why they couldn't, uh. They're not, like, tied up with another, uh, company or, like, I guess that's what I meant as, as far as I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, they're, they're pretty old, um, (laughs) but, uh, not as old as Jericho, but, you know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it just seemed to me that, like, also, if you're doing a 10-man tag, I don't think it really matters how old you are. You can get by. Look True. at Sting. Yeah. <laughs> Sting does dives, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's fucking crazy. <laughs> True. So, yeah, uh, we'll see how that plays out. Um, we go now to an interview, the one that you alluded to before, where Tony Schiavone is talking to Jade Cargill and... Smart Mark Sterling. And Tony is here to get the scoop on who Jade's 30th 30th opponent will be. Smart Mark is actually finally ready to share that information. And I guess Jade doesn't even know at this point because Mark Sterling says there were two options to choose from. So I went with the obvious choice. And he announces the librarian, Leva Bates, (laughs) who shows up here in full librarian garb and is like, huzzah, I'm fighting Jade. And Jade's like, no. I don't want my 30th win to be a joke. So you got to go, Leva Bates. And she kicks her out. Could this, have, could this have possibly been, aside from when she was like a fan at ringside during the pandemic era, could this have been the first time Leva Bates appeared on an episode of Dynamite? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you said aside from the Atlanta. Aside from like before they let crowds, fans back in okay, the building. Okay, then know. yes. I thought so, yeah. And yeah. I was just like, what on earth? How like <laughs> Jenny's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Um well, wait, weren't you guys saying that she was like Brandy's assistant? Yeah. Why did so but she stayed with AEW instead of going with Brandy? Yeah, I mean she was Brandy's assistant for her duties in AEW. Mm. I, I, that's what I presumed at least. Yeah, it sounded like she was taking on more like back office um coordination and sort of stuff like that uh which seems like good for her because she seemed like she was enjoying it but i'm assuming that means that she was on it elevation and dark a lot less yeah and and dynamite never (laughs) right yeah so yeah and uh you know, she gets to say hi here, but this is probably the last time she'll be on Dynamite for a while because Jade said no to this, um, this whole idea. Jade doesn't know who the other option was and doesn't care because Leva Bates is a joke to her. So she tells Mark Sterling, I want to go with the second option. Who is it? And he says very meekly and very scaredly, uh, this is Marina Shafir. And she's like, who's that? And he goes, she's, uh, she does the MMA. <laughs> He's just so she weird about it. MMA. <laughs> so yeah. remember when they first, when they, the week before, when she was talking about her 30th win coming up, remember we kind of like thought like, oh, she's getting pretty cocky. This might be the time. Yeah. Now that I know the opponent, I don't think it's the time. Now I, I was like, 
Marina Shafir would have had to gotten really, really good to like topple the the you know what essentially Goldberg of women's yeah. AEW wrestling. Like, yeah, maybe maybe they can do it at like fifty. Oh damn! Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a long time in the future. Yeah. We'll see. I'm enjoying Jade Cargill. I think she's funny, and um, her character is amazing, and you know her wrestling's getting there. Mm-hmm. She's improving, so. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we have another match, and it's Wheeler Yuta back to try his luck against the Blackpool Combat Club once again. This time in a one-on-one match against Brian Danielson. This is my this is by far my favorite match of the week. This was some intense fighting. Like yeah. little Yuta, <laughs> he he did a lot. He put up. A big fight against Danielson, but um, he took so many super hard kicks and hit. Like, I don't, they did close up camera shots of him just getting kicked in the chest. And I'm like, yeah, that's just a real kick. Like, <laughs> that, that's, that must hurt a lot. His chest was like hamburger by the end of, yeah. I hate, I hate that, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so gross. Um, so yeah, like Danielson beat the hell out of him, but you don't like, he held his ground and he fought back. Um, it's just in the end, like Danielson did his kicking head, the head in move and, and you'd have passed out. And then just for like good measure, Danielson put him in, I think the little bell lock. Um, but you was, you know, out at well, the time. He, I think he did that extra bit of violence because you had the audacity to spit in Brian's face. It was so much was spit. So <laughs> and it was so thick. It was so and much was spit. So- Stuck all in Brian's like beard, beard and oh my yeah. god, it was so disgusting. <laughs> it was real gross, but the match was really good. I was yeah. like, "Holy shit, we love you, you!" <laughs> and then the crowd, the crowd got behind him. They were like chanting his name. Crowd likes him. Yeah, uh, Regal, who was on commentary as he has been during every match his boys have been in, um, he he was very impressed. He was very impressed by Little Wheeler, you know. I don't know when he's finally going to be like, okay, you've done it. You're in. I think, I believe Regal was at the Ring of Honor show. I don't know if he was on camera, though. Uh, Yeah. Hmm. Potentially recruiting for more combat members. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, He also is really impressed by um, the man in the mask. Yes. (laughs) His knowledge and um, insight really impressed him, too, so... Mm -hmm. Excalibur could get just somehow you want to would you like to be the Jose to my Andrade <laughs> perhaps <laughs> we'll see um but yeah good for little Yuta uh fun fun match mm-hmm. uh after that we get a quick little promo for our main event that's coming up in a little bit in a little bit um it's going to be Darby versus Andrade and we Finally. just yeah I mean Finally, that's exactly how Darby feels because he's he pointed out that Andrade has been interrupting all his freaking matches against the a- other AFO members. He's like literally fought all of them and he's just ready to kind of do this damn thing. Leave behind the assistant, he says, leave behind your group and just face me man to man. And uh, and then we get a shot of Andrade who's like, I'm just going to slap some sense into that little boy. <laughs> like, OK, boy, was that prophetic? Yep. <laughs> a lot of slaps in that match. Uh, it just 
yeah, we'll get to it. But a lot of slaps for a wrestling match. So, yeah, that's going to be the main event. But for now, we take a little detour to um, join the Undisputed Era. Or, no, sorry. Undisputed Elite Championship mm-hmm. Celebration. Adam Cole and Red Dragon are the undisputed champions of stealing other people's belts and then covering the nameplates with tape and writing their own names on them. Looks real classy, the way they've done this. Um, So they make their way to the ring. Kyle O'Reilly is like, here are some party supplies. He So he pulls a cardboard box labeled party supplies from the corner of the ring, and he opens them, and five sad gold balloons just float into the <laughs> air. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool, cool celebration. Um, but yeah, that that was about the flourish of it all. And then uh, Adam Cole gets down to business. He says that you can't steal something that already belongs to you. So I guess by his twisted logic, these belts are definitely theirs. And he says this celebration is not just for them. It's for all of AEW because AEW is in desperate need of a new era and a new crew to run the show. Um, Kyle O'Reilly is a weirdo. And I'm just really amused by him. He he says he's been seeing a lot of haters on the internet and he can't formulate a response right now because he had too much champagne backstage. So he just sits down and kind of like puts his head in his lap. <laughs> what on earth was this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he got lost in his promo or if it was that was just like part of it. I was like, is this a reference? Did something happen in pop culture or wrestling? Like, was that tied back I, to not something? That, not that I know of. Okay. Yeah, because it was it was kind of. I mean, goofy. Kyle is weird anyway, so maybe he was just being weird. <laughs> yeah, I think he's a weirdo. But yeah. yeah, well, Bobby Fish stepped up and finished his message for him, whether it was intended or not. And as soon as he did that, letting everyone know that they're the three baddest guys in AEW, Hangman's music hits, and he drives in his Tesla with the giant bullhorns on the hood. <laughs> and then he, he didn't he like. Didn't he foretell that in a, uh, in his, like, it was like the press release he put out after he won the title. That, like, he was going to get an electric car and put steer horns on the the front. Probably. I don't remember specifically, but that sounds like something that would be included in an Adam Page press release. I wonder if that means he actually did that. And because they're in South Carolina, he just drove down. Uh, and that's his and that's his for real car. Man, like that it's seems not very, silly. It's not very it's not it's not very leftist right now to uh to have a Tesla, so I don't I don't know. <laughs> also, there's just something about like seems really dangerous having two sharp steer just like pointing yeah. off the front of your car. I don't know. Yeah, weird. So um well, your, your cousin has steer horns on one of his cars, doesn't he? He does, but they're not that large. Okay, yeah. And I don't know that he drives that car. Well, no, he got it for like it was like as a some kind of was it was it called the the twenty four hours of lemon the twenty four hours of lemon that's right oh. uh, it's like a you have to like it's like a it's a it's a it's a race. But you have to use, um, you can't spend more than like. I think it was $500. $500 on your car. Oh, God. Okay. The, yeah, 24 hours of lemons as oh opposed God. to mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
pretty great. Anyway, but you're right. Those those steer horns were not as big. Mm-hmm. They don't yeah. extend off, right? Like the right. Yeah, because well, I thought like Adam didn't fully clear the front of his car when he kind of turned in. I kind of thought he got like the side of his arm with one of them. <laughs> I'm telling you, you don't want to be in a car wreck with someone with that thing on their hood. Like, so hopefully it's it's just a joke and he doesn't drive around with a, a big giant safety issue such as that. But he showed up with it and uh, and he came out of his Tesla. Was it a Tesla or was it a it's Tesla? Oh, all right. He got out of his Tesla and uh, what's going on with Tesla? Elon Musk is just like a bad person a fucking uh, lunatic is yeah. yeah the richest man in the world and feels like he doesn't need to pay taxes but he will shoot a car into space to orbit the earth so priorities but anyway yeah adam's here in his weird scary car um and he takes all three men out with his his cowboy rage um and then when the undisputed elite start uh, to retreat, they they just start backing up the stage, which just like don't ever back up, don't turn your back on the place where other people come out because mm-hmm. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and Christian Cage pop up behind them, hit them all, and throw them back into the ring, and then the good guys all beat up the bad guys and take back the belts that are still rightfully theirs, and they leave. So undisputed elite no longer have the belts they stole or any legitimate belts of any kind. Uh, so they're probably going to be sad. Do you know, this is the third time on the show. This, this is a problem with AEW sometimes. They like, like something will happen on the show multiple times. Yes. Um, this is the third time on the show that a heel told the audience that a baby face was not there only to be immediately proven wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Three times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, why wouldn't they be there? But I, that too was like, I'm like, just what? I don't know. So yeah. There was also a lot of um, hitting people with belts on this show, this episode. I feel like that comes up now. People are always pulling their belts off and hitting people with them. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Stop doing that. <laughs> but yeah. So after that occurred, Tony Schwani is here. It's like he didn't learn from what happened last time he tried this, but he goes on the stage and he invites Thunder Rosa out. And, you know, spoiler, she doesn't get jumped by Nyla Rose again. But I just thought, like, you're you're just doing the same thing. You're just doing the same thing you did last week. Um, but this time she gets to have her message heard. She says she's the first Mexican-born champion I didn't hear the qualifier, I want to say, in AEW. Like, yeah, that's what I, I was confused by the claim here. I, I think she meant in a major North, like a major American promotion. That's what, that's what I think she meant. Okay. Um, because even if she said AEW, I feel like that's too narrow since it's only been around for three years. Right. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I mean. I'm not but trying. W- to- but WWE has never had a Mexican-born women's champion. I don't think so. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean they don't have like I'm trying to like I don't know that they barely ever signed any luchadoras. So I guess yeah, I guess that's true. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to downplay her claim. I just didn't hear correct. Like, I'm like, that can't be right. And just AEW, but mm. so yeah, she's, I mean, she's doing, she's, she's doing stuff. She's, um, you know, she struggled on her promo. Yeah. Yeah. She had, she had good energy, but she, she was, she got a little lost at the end. She got just a little bit lost, yeah. but I, she has such a good presence mm-hmm. and a lot of charisma. I think she's going to do a really good job with this. Yeah. And I, I did like in her promo, she said she wants to be a pillar, not just of AEW, but of all women's wrestling. And that, um, pillars no, get, a, yeah, pillars uh, get knocked down. So actually she revised it was like, I'm going to be the foundation, which I was like, okay, that's like, that's pretty solid. I, I like that. Cause you're pulling in what other people are saying about AEW. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like she got lost at the end, but ultimately the message was that like she's going to defend the AEW Women's Championship whenever, wherever needed. Like she's going to be a fighting champ. So, and I guess that means Nyla is going to be her first opponent. I, I mean, yeah, like that's that's how it goes, right? <laughs> yeah, you pointed that out. I think it was last week that like poor yeah. Nyla has the role of always being the first person that tries to go after the champ. Yep. Uh, and I don't think she's going to beat her. I don't think so either. Yeah. So. Hmm. Lots of women's segments on this show this week. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. I just, they're just, it seems like they've been doing a little better with that. Still only one match. Yeah. But they have been putting in more like storylines for women. Yeah. Moving stuff forward. And, and I guess it was on Rampage. I was going to say. I thought there was a Chris Statlander video, but that must have been Rampage. So, whatever. Yeah. Given the women's stories, I'm for it. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we get to hear from FTR. They are, um, you know, they they have won. They are the AAA champions. They've got those belts with them. And they said that they came to AEW to build a reputation, not lose one. So... They issue the challenge here to the Young Bucks to do Young Bucks versus FTR 2 and determine who the top guys really are. Um, and as we found out from the new segment, that's definitely going to happen. The Young Bucks showed up at the the pay-per-view yep. and told them as much. So I don't understand why. So the Young Bucks don't currently hold. They're not the top guys at AEW right now. Right. So, how would fighting the Young Bucks determine who's number one? Well, because that's that's who FTR lost their tag team titles to mm, okay. in the first place. I also feel like both of them, like, I know all everyone always claims to be the best because that's what you're supposed to do as a wrestler. But I'm pretty sure that the Young Bucks and FTR both are hung up on, like, we are the best tag team ever. Like, yeah. And so, trying to prove... In a way that, like, Jurassic Express, nobody ever says that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, Jurassic Express is like, we're the champs. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> There's some deep uh, issues there, but I think that match is going to be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So exciting. Get uh, in front of the crowd this time. Yeah. Oh, massive energy from the yeah. crowd I'm hoping for. That'll be yeah. good. They're Boston. I think I feel like Boston's usually a pretty good crowd for AEW. Okay. Gannis Arena. Okay. 
I don't remember specifically when they were last in Boston, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah. After that, we have the first qualifying match for the Owen Hart Championship Tournament for the women's side. Um, and it is between the bunny and an unknown opponent who turns out to be Tony Storm, who everybody is like super hyped to see. I'm- Super excited to see Tony. She was always my favorite in NXT. Yeah, she's a badass. And she looked great here. Like, she was, I don't know how long she's been off since leaving NXT, but she did not look like she had missed a beat as far as, like, she's out there. She did her cool headbutt that looks awesome. And Although she hit, she hit it, like, a little low. Yeah, it was, like, a chest butt. Yeah. I just like the the like her reaction after <laughs> of like I don't know how she plays it, but yeah, she um she looked great. Uh, I'm glad she's here. I'm assuming she's all elite. She is all elite. Okay, excellent. So that's fun. Um, and she gets the win. She did her storm zero. Um, I was like kind of surprised she got to keep the name of all her stuff, like Tony Storm, and uh, did. I mean, did it was we- all hers coming in. Did, so, oh, WWE didn't make her? Nope. Nice. Okay. She was Tony Storm from the beginning from, like, I mean, she, she she toured stardom with that name, and she did she did all that, so, yeah. Awesome. Well, that's exciting. So, she's the first member of the tournament, and um, I'm just kind of happy we're going to get to see her around in AEW afterward as well. Me too. Do you think she's going to win the tournament? I don't know because I don't know who else is. It, they won't tell That's us true. who else is know. in it. <laughs> Everybody has to qualify. So I think she should be a contender. But we'll see. Um, after that match, we got Tony talking to Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrera. Poor Vicky. She did not make it close to the microphone. So I don't really remember what she said. <laughs> um, but Thank God. After last week. Yeah, but Nyla stepped up and she's like, she goes after Thunder Rosa for the whole foundation thing. She says, I'm the cornerstone. I've been here since day one. And then she does her Nyla thing and she says, Thunder Rosa looks like she has a death wish. So I'll be her genie. Abracadabra, bitch. And then she walks off (laughs) camera and I was like, yes. Nyla's so funny. Yeah, she's great. (laughs) I wish that she had more success. Um. In choosing opponents, but yeah, good for her. <laughs> and with that, we are at the main event: Andrade versus Darby. Uh, <laughs> Darby skates skateboards down to the ring. Andrade has already done his entrance, and he's sitting there waiting. And so Darby um, immediately gets attacked when he stops to get off of his skateboard. And then uh, we have a little bit of a segment outside the ring before the bell can even be rung. Um, And finally, when Andrade gets Darby back into the ring, or actually he leaves him on the side, and Darby climbs back into the ring, Bryce, the ref, says, you don't have to do this. Because that's (laughs) how messed up Darby is. And Darby's like, I'm going to do this. And then they have like a a very cool match. And um, eventually Andrade does win. But, you know, what a freaking match. And Andrade, um, 
It was I really think, intense. Yeah, yeah, I think the announce team also mentioned that Andrade buffed up more than he actually was before. So he, I mean, he, he looks huge. Big wall of meat, little Darby's smacking up against. Yeah. I am really impressed with his wrestling. Like this was, I think, one of the better matches we've seen in a in a while. Like it was just, it was really impressive. Yeah, I think Andrade is really fun to watch wrestle, and he's getting more and more fun to watch, like in character. But I remember when he first came on, and it wasn't connecting as much. At least he had good, ma- like a good match. Like he he could wrestle, but. He's he's really fun. And Darby, God, I mean, like, watching the big guy th- toss around the little guy, classic formula. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, yep. Always Darby's fun. The best. <laughs> yeah, and I he hope, did. I hope we get, I, I, I want I want more from these two. Yeah. Yeah, I I was like, what is going on um, when Andrade picked Darby up and sort of, like, held his arms and let like let he almost like reverse hog tied him, but he was holding him on his shoulder in like a submission. And then when Darby didn't give up, he just kind of dropped in a knee and did a backbreaker. It looks so cool. Darby looks weightless yeah. to to Andrade. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. Wait, was there any post match? I don't remember. Uh yeah. After even after he won, Andrade um sicked his boys on Sting because the Butcher and the Blade had uh and Jose had all walked down by that point. So they start beating up Sting mostly. And Darby was down for the count. And then the Hardys run out to help Sting and Darby. And um, I believe we end up with some sort of combo match based off that. But I don't I don't think they announced it's, it. I think I saw a graphic. Yeah, I think it's... um. Oh, gosh. I think it's a Hardys versus Butcher and the Blade in a tables match for Dynamite. Mm-mm. Okay. But yeah, if I remember so. correctly. So it's dynamite. Dynamite. Good show as usual. Yep, love it. Easy to watch. Okay, so let's talk briefly about uh, the rampage from this weekend, April first, two thousand twenty-two. Thank you, Megan, for watching it. No problem. Uh, we open with uh, the Young Bucks versus Top Flight. This is the Bucks were doing their magical double appearance on a. <laughs> they teleported, yes. Uh, Bucks win with a BTE trigger in ten minutes. I'm guessing uh, there were some probably some cool high spots in this. Oh yeah, these two teams are bananas, and um, I forgot like because Dante's been an individual wrestler for so long. I forgot how uh, cool he and his like brother as a tag team are and mm-hmm. um darius clearly he's back doing like doing his moves he didn't seem like he was recovering from an injury look good 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 um uh then we get that chris statlander video package that you were talking about mm-hmm. um anything to that or is it just kind of like a tone piece it's a tone piece we're seeing a different side of chris statlander that's okay. what she says <laughs> cool <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dan Lambert, an American top team. Um, they want to know who is behind the camera for Sammy and Ty's, uh, hot, steamy, hot, steamy photo shoot. Yeah. Uh, Scorpio is basically like, I am not going to defend my title against this guy. 
And so uh, they cut to the parking lot where Sammy and Ty smash up Dan Lambert's car with sledgehammers and then spray paint it. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. But they're not heels? Apparently not. Hmm. <laughs> These are the baby faces. Because <laughs> they, are, they are smashing a heels car, Jenny. God, God bless Ty. She's a she's a, a petite woman holding a big sledgehammer, and when she her first hit, it goes through a window, and it clearly sticks, and she kind of like loses the handle, and then she has to like reach in and get it back out, and be like, she's like, I got this, and then she keeps hitting, and I'm like, oh, Ty, such a heavy hammer. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, Tony Giovanni is interviewing Hook backstage, and <laughs> trying, trying. Yeah, Hook won't really talk, but then Danhausen comes up. And he tries to hook, uh, curse Hook again, and it still doesn't work. And he is very flabbergasted by this. Yeah, he's upset. He doesn't understand what's going on. I kind of want to know what Jay thinks about this whole situation. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, seriously. So, Please, yeah. Jay, let us know. Yeah, let us know. Um, next up, we've got the House of Black versus Fuego del Sol and the Dark Order. Um... Dark Order get the win. Uh, eight minutes. I don't know. Was it good? I, I, it says here that uh, House of Black win uh, Chris Jericho's Sports Entertainers of the Week. So that's good for them. Yeah. What a takeaway. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I did enjoy it. I thought this um, this usage of the House of Black was a little below where they could be. But it was a fun match. And, you know. They're all, they're good. Stu Grayson is flippy as hell and athletic, and uh, so Fuego is, it, is was too. It, was it Uno and Grayson and uh, and yeah, Fuego? Yeah, okay. yeah, and um, I feel like Fuego spent a lot of time getting beat up, even though the crowd was like, "Good job." Um. Yeah, I I don't. It seems like House of Black is just kind of running in place right now. Like waiting for waiting for something to happen. For Julia Hart to embrace her zombie. That or like trios titles or something, you know. Yeah, I hope they figure something out because I I want more for my cult. Yeah. Uh, next up, we get a an Owen Hart tournament qualifier. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Next up, we get a Young Bucks promo where they uh, they accept the challenge of FTR for Dynamite. Uh, then we get an Owen Hart tournament qualifier as Sky Blue takes on Jamie Hayter. And it looks like Sky uh, was like had a pretty good accounting of herself before losing. Yeah, yeah. She's clearly improved as well. Like I, We never really get to see her in extended matches or anything, but I thought she held her own versus Jamie Hayter, who is very talented. I'm seeing that the finish was uh, Hayter hit her with a superplex. Held on, rolled that into a brain buster, and then hit her with a lariat to finish. That sounds like a cool finishing combo. Yes, and Sky Blue knows how to bump for the like. She's very, she's almost like AJ Lee, like flexible to the point where like she ragdolls stuff, but not in a bad way. Like, uh, it's good, and I'm glad Jamie Hater moves on. Good. Uh, we get a Penta promo. Yes. Well. From Abahantis. Okay. What what was that about? Uh, I believe he's mad because Fuego del Sol got beat up, and that's his friend. 
So oh. he's he's gonna really? avenge him. I don't know why he's his friend, but maybe okay. he's just like I'm. I don't want a good guy getting beaten up. But he mentioned Fuego de Sol and was like, "I'm gonna make you pay." Well, that's very friendly of him. Yeah. And then uh, in the main event, we get Powerhouse Hobbs versus Keith Lee. Keith Lee gets the win with the ground zero. Um, but looks like Hobbs did get a uh, visual pinfall, but the ref was distracted mm-hmm. by uh, Swerve and Ricky Starks doing stuff. And then after the match, uh, Team Taz beat down Keith Lee and Hobbs speared him through a table. And uh, that's how we go out. Yes. That yes. was a match. Um, it was real good. It was definitely a match you would have appreciated. To was, it big... Big, was it big meaty men slapping meat? Yep. Okay. The biggest, meatiest men. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. And um, Ricky Starks coming down to try and <laughs> to help Powerhouse Hobbs beat up Keith Lee. He took off one of his very fancy shoes at one point and starts hitting him with it. It was just, it was a funny visual. Team Taz, so mad. <laughs> Guys, did they drop the Serena Deep five-minute matches? They haven't done it in a few weeks. Yeah. I, I guess I guess Sheeta's back and like targeting her now. So but but they didn't do anything with that this week either. Yeah, I would have hoped that they would do one maybe I don't know, one last one where at least like Sheeta could have the chance to run down and be like, No, you will not defeat this rookie. Leave them alone. Eh. What are you gonna do? No such luck. Yeah. Well, uh, that is uh, that's about it for this week. We covered it. We covered uh, two rampages, which Jenny and I did not watch, uh, but Megan did. Yep. And uh, and we covered Dynamite, and we talked about all the Ring of Honor and WrestleMania news that is applicable to our company. So. Yeah, we'll get back on track uh, this next week. We had to uh, we had to kind of shift the recording schedule again, unfortunately. But, Family uh, business. Yeah, but I think I think we'll be uh, free and clear to record on Thursday night this week, right? So we'll be back in a timely manner covering uh, this week's Dynamite from Boston. Right. Woohoo! Okay. FTR versus Young Bucks too. Hardy's versus Butcher and the Blade, Adam Cole versus Christian, and uh, some qualifying matches on both the men's and women's sides of the uh, Owen Hart tournament. Oh, nice. Okay. Big night. And Samoa Joe uh, apparently going to talk. Awesome. It'll be good to see him again. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. For Megan and for Jenny, I'm Andy. This has been The Elite Beat. E, leap, B, E, E, leap, B.